Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. A little small story. At work the other day, talking to the homies that work on the show. Um, and I don't remember how they came up in the discussion, but we started talking about house shoes. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Dave Jacoby came by the desk and asked if house shoes were a cultural or a regional thing. And my inclination is to believe that they are a regional thing, not a cultural thing. And I believe that because while I have no real like I can't tell you off the top of my head anytime I've ever seen a white person wearing house shoes, I feel like if house shoes were not something that white people used, then they would be a lot harder to find. Kind of like how white folks, they may not be using like straight cocoa butter or like shea butter on their skin, but they definitely like the Vaseline intensive care with the cocoa butter in it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be just like shelf after shelf after shelf of it. They wouldn't be making it in generic brands like that. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So I guess they were regional. And then I think I was talking to somebody and I came to a sort of realization that that person wasn't even hip to the whole like house shoe game. And so I kind of needed to like explain to him how the house shoes work. And then I showed him on the internet what a house shoe was. And then it dawned on me. I got all these shoes at my house. Speaking of which, just because it's over here, let me show you what I wore. Uh, Dan's uh, Levitard's show. They had a little live show podcast in New York. And I broke out some shoes I hadn't worn before. And honestly, those shoes are probably wasted on that crowd. And that's fine. But I thought some of y'all might appreciate these 95s, boy. See that? Yeah, you see that? You ain't got these, do you? Anyway, um, so it dawned on me in the course of all this, though. I didn't have a pair of house shoes. Like, I just did not have a pair of house shoes. And I was like, you know what? It's kind of ridiculous that I don't have a pair of house shoes. I'm going to order me some house shoes. So I went on Amazon and I ordered me some house shoes. Not going to lie. My life's a lot better now that I got these house shoes. Like, it's really only like... How long you got before the house shoes stop really being comfortable and then just start being like what you wear all the time? Because when I was in graduate school, I used to ride. I used to drive to the parking ride and then I get on the bus and then I go to the office. And then when I got to the office, I would go upstairs and I would take off my shoes and then I would change into my house shoes because I knew I was going to be there like all day long. So I might as well be in a position of maximum comfort. Which, by the way, now makes me feel like maybe I might start bringing some house shoes to my own office and bring everybody up to speed on what the game is. You know why? Because I'm the goddamn talent. That's why. But anyway, yeah, these house shoes feel glorious on my feet. Like, yeah, I probably got three months, Eliza. I probably got like three months before they become like something that is less than desirable. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take some of this ESPN money and I'm going to order some more. That's right. Let me tell you what I find myself doing a lot more now that I got a little bread in my pocket. You want to know what I find myself doing a lot more now that I got a little bread in my pocket? 
I'd be switching out socks. Like, you know, you first get a pair of socks. They got that nice little crunch on the bottom. Why should I wait so long before I'm able to experience that? That really don't cost me no whole lot of money. I just ordered three packs of socks today. Like, the more I think about it, I ain't really got no reason to wear a pair of socks twice. Like, if I really want to get on some baller shit, that's what I'm about to do. I'm about to wear these things one time. Like, I remember when I was younger, my sister used to talk about Oprah, and she was like, Oprah probably so rich. Oprah only get, oh, she only eat the heart of the watermelon. Like, that's before these seedless watermelons were everywhere. Oprah, like, she ain't she ain't seen a seed. She, my sister's like, Oprah ain't seen a seed in who know how long. Oprah just eating the middle of the watermelon. That's what I would like to be. I'd like to just be eating the middle of the watermelon, but I ain't really at that kind of point. But I do feel like I'm at a point where I should not have any tattered socks. Like, it's the little things in life, right? Like, I tell you like this. I um I went to well, Costa Rica a couple months ago. I picked up some things while I was there. It was getting a little bit too hard for me to close the bag. I wasn't going to be able to get everything in the bag because I think I came in with a carryout. I wasn't going to be able to get everything in the bag. So you know what I did? You want to know what I did? That's right. I just threw them socks and drawers away. Got some more. I like the, the fresh cling of a new undershirt. I should experience that more often. And keep it real, so should you. So I'm saying this to you, fellas. It's something that your ladies might be able to appreciate. You might want to switch out your undershirts a little bit more often. It'll be good for you. It'll be good for her. Everybody will win. You feeling like a million bucks. Just like I feel right now with these soft house shoes on. Like a million bucks. See? 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 All right, now. To your questions. Wow, that's a lot of questions. Let me see here. What would it take to get the millions of people who have student debt to just stop paying? Oh, I mean, that, that's a very simple, that's a very simple answer to that one. Just being able to go seven full years without any credit. There you go. You want everybody just to stop paying their student loans. Fool, you act like they can't come get that money. And please understand, they can come get that money. They can't, right? And if you just default on those things and don't give them no money and they don't come get it, you ain't getting no money from nobody else. No, nah, man. I mean, this is just the game, man. So I was talking about this a little bit on uh, the right time, but this is the this is the real deal, man. We talk so much about student loan debt, and the loan debt is an issue. But what we don't talk nearly enough about enough is tuition. Well, a tuition and B, I think that a lot of people have incurred a fairly significant debt on uh, post undergraduate education. And one thing that has happened in the last forty to fifty years is that there are a lot more people out here with a lot more degrees. And so you had, you know, and the economy changed to reflect that, so that should be noted, but 
what happened in large part was for a lot of people, a graduate degree became necessary in a way that it was not necessary before. You also had more people applying, but this also meant you had a lot more people who had to pay for this stuff. And so you got more and more people that are going to get going back to get their master's and the jobs ain't necessarily paying for it. And they're running up the cost of going to get their master's to come out into a market that's flooded with people who have master's degrees. Like it's not even differentiating you from the pack. It's just letting you join the pack. So since it's just letting you join the pack. You're just stuck with loans. You know, and so this is the thing about colleges. They figure this out, man. It's like, yo, we're a little short on cash. I know we can get cash. We'll just increase the price. And the states looked around and they were like, yo, you know, how we can get the money for these colleges. We can just increase the price. And then if we just increase the price, then we don't have to give them any money. Right. Like that's kind of so what has happened. And this is really peculiar logically when you think about it. But. So I remember when I was uh, at Claremont and I was reading something about the explanation of what was a public good. It was a very interesting distinction that one of these papers made, which was so a public park is actually not a public good. And the argument was that I could put a fence around this public park and then restrict who is able to enter the park. Therefore, it is not a public good. But what was a public good was like the enjoyment that people receive while they were at the park and stuff like that. Like that belongs to everybody. It doesn't belong to anybody. You know what I mean? Um, and so education is a public good, but it's a public good in the sense that the society is better off by having a better educated populace. If for no other reason, then it makes it less likely that someone will rob you. But, you know, we now treat education basically as a private good, like an individually owned thing. And what happens when you drive the price up like that is that if you make this something that the individual has to pay for, rather than something that the society or that the municipality, whatever it is, should invest in. If this is something that the larger, you know, whatever, you know, jurisdiction, whatever, you know what I mean? But, uh, if that thing is paying for it across the board, then that is explained. Yeah, we think that there's a value in having these educated people. When you stop paying for it and make individuals pay for it, then you are saying that education is only good for you person who has it. You know what I mean? Like we're not thinking of it in broad enough terms because if we think about it in broader terms, then we have a much greater demand from people to say that the state or whatever groups should be funding such things. But we don't think about it like that, do we? Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Did you catch that article in the New York Times about how charity is bad? How shocked are you by the number of people saying the Morehouse speaker actually didn't give enough of his money? I haven't seen this thing in the New York Times about charity being bad. Is the argument that they make about charity being bad basically that we are like we're putting the onus to fix these ills on rich people rather than taking it on as a society? Like, is that the point that is being made there? And I ask because that's a point I've definitely seen made in the past um, by many people um 
And yeah, there is something to that idea. I also don't feel like I feel like rich people should give this money back in some ways. I don't necessarily feel like they have to, but I also feel that the way that they ultimately give it back is in a way to show off for each other and not to like do anything actually for people. That being said, old buddy at Morehouse gave away what was that? Like was it 40 million dollars? Like that's what he said, right? He said it was like 40 million dollars. Who's knocking that? Like the dude said, I'm paying off all your student loans, you who have graduated. You can't make that number higher than the amount of the loans. You can't. So what else is he supposed to do? Hey, look, man, I think all y'all know enough about me and enough about the world and whatever it is to know. If there was any way possible that I could throw shade at what they doing over there at Morehouse, damn it, I would. It ain't here, man. It ain't here. Like, you can't run the, well, why didn't he give it to him? He didn't, Morehouse and Spellman at last check are separate institutions. And some of them will fiercely make that point to remind you they're separate institutions. You got a separate graduating class. Maybe I should have booked that dude to do double duty. He could have come and done y'all's and done the other one. Also, I don't know if you've heard, but that both of those schools are part of a larger consortium of which my alma mater is a member. I ain't heard none of us being like, how come you ain't give us the money? Hey, man, buddy got it done. He did. And his email box full of people trying to get him to speak. I, I, I was about to be like, we're trying to get him to speak at graduation next year. They ain't be trying to get him to speak at graduation next year. There's still schools that do graduation in August. Somebody out here having a December ceremony. Like, I feel like that's what you need to try to book him for. If my man want to keep doing this trick, the December ceremony won't have nearly as many people at it. You can do the same thing for a lower cost. Just say it. Yeah, man, sit here. Hit me up and let's build. Very, very rarely does anybody who asks you to build actually have anything to build with. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. How is Ben Carson so smart yet so dumb? Um, I have a theory about this, but I don't know if it's appropriate to say in public. I just don't know the rules of that terrain. But uh, I don't think you got to think too hard to see how this can happen all the time. They make movies about all kinds of people who are good at one thing and kind of clueless about others. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. I've just moved to a new city recently. With your experience, do you have any advice on meeting people and making friends? The only advice I could give you in order to make those things a little bit easier, don't stop drinking. Apparently, that's what people in this society do when they need to meet strangers. They drink. I do not drink anymore. And that has kind of left me out. 
Otherwise, I have absolutely no advice for you whatsoever. I moved to a city that doesn't really require you to meet new people because it has 8 million of them, and chances are you've known a few of them since before you got here. But yeah, no, I ain't got no idea. And all you people in your mid-30s that's got, like, advice for people on how to meet new people, put it in the chat room. Help them out. Y'all are rare-ass commodity. Somebody say, what's with that gigantic microphone? It's a microphone. It's good. You hadn't thought about that, had you? Wow, somebody in the chat said, freaks be at church. I mean, I guess there's an argument for that. I don't want to go too far in saying such a thing. But I would like to hear some stories that people have from meeting folks on uh, Christian Mingle. I imagine that some of the best testimonials on Christian Mingle are not exactly in line with the mission statement. What living person would you most like to interview? That's a very interesting question. I don't know what the answer to that is. The living person whom I would most want to interview. So I guess we also have to do this. Like, yeah, I'd appreciate it. Like, I need somebody that's actually going to say something worth hearing. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I guess like, this is one of those where you try to, like, come up with some old head, some ancestor we want to get all their knowledge from before they go, like, like, if I could do it right, John Lewis would be great. I'd love to hear some stories about Martin Luther King. I'd love to hear, like, Jesse Jackson. I bet his Martin Luther King story is even better than John Lewis's. Like, I feel like I feel like Dr. King was inviting Jesse to some things that maybe John Lewis didn't get. They don't like John the same way they like you. Uh, Quincy Jones is a good one on the list that that – I mean, it's been clearly demonstrated to Quincy. In fact, the answer is Quincy Jones. I don't care how many people already have done it. It's been pretty clearly demonstrated that Quincy going to make it worth your time. So it is Quincy Jones. And I would ask him inappropriate questions about his longstanding track record of dating women all over the map. I bet you could get him to say some really absurd things about macro level conclusions that he has drawn. I should probably chastise him for him after he says them. Right. Anyway, appreciate the question. See what else we got here. This is interesting. Why did you stop drinking? And the reason that I put this question up is why are you using two question marks? Like that is the single most absurd thing you have ever heard. Right. Like it's wild stuff with people and alcohol. I just honestly, it just really wasn't worth the trade anymore. That shit's kind of hard on your body. And I spent a lot of years freelancing and I couldn't keep trading these mornings the next day when any day at any moment I might need to get on my grind. That was a big part of it. Then I didn't miss it. Then I realized I would be lying if I did not say that my drinking behavior was not very much so colored by like I was medicating. In large measure, what I was doing was medicating. Like, I just didn't think it was a healthy thing. Um, but a lot of y'all just can't imagine a life without alcohol. And, man, yo, I mean, 
that shit is a drug. Like, and, and and I've said this before, but I do think that this this is something worth thinking about and considering if you have not. Think about the worst that alcohol ever did you, right? Like the worst hangover, the worst headache, all this stuff, right? The worst behavior that you engaged in in public. Like, think about whatever that is. If it were anything other than alcohol that caused you to have that reaction, chances are you would never, ever, ever do whatever that was again. Am I right? Like, if the first time you ever smoked weed, you wound up getting like butt naked in the car with your friends or something like that, throwing up when you got home, woke up all sick, couldn't go. You would never do that again. I'm just saying, like, just the thought. Like, I think we greatly underestimate, like, what a big deal all this alcohol is. You know, and like I say, the reaction that people give me is so wild when you think about like how taxing and what the toll is on it. Right. And so like people hit you with, I don't trust people who don't drink. I've had people hit me with that one or they can't drink if the other person isn't drinking with them. I'm like, what the hell you feel bad about? Knock yourself out. Like, do it. Whatever. You know. So, yeah, it's just always interesting to me the way that people like then respond to that little factoid about me. You know, like, it's not like, no, I'm like, I'm not some kind of recovering alcoholic. And I feel like I had a drink this year at some point. I can't remember what it was or why. But I feel like I did. You know, like when I went to France, got some wine, I was in France, you know. But nah, as a lifestyle, there ain't nothing I really need. And honestly, I've never missed it. Somebody said wedding, depending on who's getting married. But yeah, no, I've just, I've never missed it. I'm good. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. The hell is Moby's problem? What Moby do? Somebody want to hit me with what Moby did? Like a lot of people voted this up, so I'm assuming that like maybe I should know what Moby, Moby did. Perhaps have some level of care about what Moby did. Whoa. Moby, Moby on that Lloyd. It says he lied about messing with Natalie Portman. Moby on that L-O-Y-D. Yo, oh, whoa, whoa. She was 18. How old was he? And then he put pictures out. Yo, he was 34. Hey man, just a just a just a question for y'all. I need to figure this out. I don't know if y'all like help me out here. Like, so when I say Lloyd, y'all know what I mean, right? All right, y'all know what y'all know what I mean when I say Lloyd. Y'all don't know what Lloyd is. So okay, right? Somebody maybe can hip y'all to Lloyd. And um I forget who it was. It was in the news. 
and they had a company called L-O-I-D, which I figured meant like living out your dreams. But I was like, yo, man, that's Lloyd. Your company name can't be Lloyd. Like, lo like Lloyd is violating the commandment. <laughs> like, no, your company cannot at all be associated with Lloyd. I understand you needed to say something else. It's kind of like Hockey Night in Canada. Y'all know about Hockey Night in Canada? Any of y'all ever heard of Hockey Night in Canada? Yeah, y'all know about Hockey Night in Canada. So Hockey Night in Canada. What's the abbreviation for Hockey Night in Canada? Yeah, Raheem caught on immediately. <laughs> it looked like Raheem lost his mind as soon as he heard it. Right, <laughs> right. He ready to write a letter as we speak. And I don't really blame you because the first time I saw it, I was like, yo, explain yourself. And then I looked in the bio, in the bio on Twitter. I was like, oh, Hockey Night in Canada. That's something else. For everybody trying to figure out what's going on with Hockey Night in Canada, oh, man, it's going to be even better for you once you figure it out. <laughs> I'm loving via chat watching Raheem come to terms with Hockey Night in Canada. It is the most ironic abbreviation of all time. <laughs> Somebody tried to explain Hockey Night in Canada by saying it was a Prodigy album. Brother, people who don't know what's going on with Hockey Night in Canada, they don't even know what Prodigy you're talking about. They're mixing it up with the other Prodigy. Oh, wow. Now the whole chat room is gradually figuring out this Hockey Night in Canada thing. Wow, this got really great really fast and totally unexpectedly. I have already forgotten what the question was about. Was the question about Moby? Oh, that's right, because Moby was out here on that Lloyd. So anyway, back to Moby, because I feel like I've already forgotten. Like, so Moby said, oh, wow, I think I found this picture of Moby with Natalie Portman. I have a serious question. Why doesn't he have a shirt on when she clearly does? Also. Let's say for a second that they were dating. I don't have any reason to believe that they were dating, but let's say for a second that they were dating. Okay? If they were dating, I imagine that at least in her head, one of her ground rules on the front end was don't tell nobody that I'm dating you. Anybody at all. 
And so the next thing you know, this camera come out. And she's like, mm, I probably shouldn't take a picture with him. I don't really want anybody to see me in this picture with him. And what do you know? That picture came back to bite her in the ass. I guess that's what she's thinking right now. I knew I shouldn't have took that picture with him. I knew it. But no, nah, man, ain't no Lord is not Lord is not permissible. Like some of y'all know me. Y'all know I got that making good story, right? I got the making good story, the modern time making good story. I got the old time making good story. If you don't know the making good story, you're going to have to look it up yourself because I've talked about it a couple times too many. I don't feel like repeating it. Anyway, after so much time had passed, I started to convince myself that my first making good story didn't even really go the way it did, that I had just gassed myself up and, like, over the years had exaggerated it until the second making good story, at which point the first making good story was confirmed. But I'm just telling you that I'm so, like, anti-Lloyd that I started, like, convincing myself that maybe, and, and just to be clear, like, I have no at all story with making good that involves any part of, like, my... Like, I would never lord, and I certainly did not have any reason to lord with her. But I'm just telling you a story about somebody giving me a look. I wasn't sure about telling that because I thought I might have been wrong about the look. This cat is up in a book getting his lord on. Have we started a cancel campaign yet? Like, has that happened? I'm just saying, I understand a lot of y'all, like what R. Kelly did, y'all don't like actually find offensive in that way. But come on now, we ain't got no ambiguity about Lloyd, do we? Like y'all shouldn't have no ambiguity about that other stuff, but I thought that we was all united against Lloyd, except for y'all that be out here putting the L in Lloyd. You can't be out here on the in a book. How'd y'all ever let Moby become a thing, by the way? Yeah, I'm saying y'all, because the damn show wasn't us. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Ken Jennings can't be happy about the cyborg, right? Yeah, I mean, Ken Jennings looks a whole lot less impressive now that the cyborg is out here killing it. And I bet you that Ken Jennings be at his house, like really probably seething as this goes on, unless he's just a self-aware sort of cat who's just like, oh, I don't know. I already got this money and this don't cost me none. But I do imagine that like if they have some reunion of like the Jeopardy champions or something like that, Ken Jennings used to have a certain level of standing and not the cyborg is in there. And he done took over that whole thing. Um, I would actually have, like, Ken Jennings, that's kind of the lottery situation, right? Where, like, everybody find out that you won a lottery. Now you got all these, these relatives trying to get some bread off you. One thing, I don't know if y'all saw this. I think I told you about this. The Alex Trebek had a cyborg on there. And he asked him, you know, if he had any plans of giving that money to his family. And the cyborg was like, nah, they're doing just fine for themselves. Cyborg went by giving him shit. Not a dime. 
Cyborg ain't worried about people coming to ask him for money. The answer is no. And they know that too. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else is what else we got here. How was the Levitard event on Saturday? Yeah, so Dan Levitard and his crew, they got together on uh had a, a show at the Gramercy Theater in New York City on Saturday. I attended the show. I guess I was part of the show, which means I should have charged them some money, but whatever. Um, but I did the show and the show was cool. Like it's really cool to see people when they're all coming together around something in that way that all those people then share and they kind of get a chance to interact with the people they hear. Like one thing, this is the second or third time that I've gone to one of these live podcast shows. And it's like, yo, anybody can feel like a rock star. Like you got a podcast with a decent following. You want to feel like a rock star for a night. You can do a live show. Like, I'm not saying this at all pejoratively. I'm just telling you what it's like, like going in and like being backstage and people walking around and folks tend to have like spreads of food and like this one was a bit more grown up in some ways, but I went to other ones and cats, you know, they got girls backstage walking around backstage, just happen to be there. Like anybody can get out here and like make themselves into a rock star in the 21st century. It's a very interesting thing. Um, but it was a lot of fun, you know, it was like fun in the way that they have fun, but fun nonetheless. And uh, somebody, I guess, over here saying that I should do one of those shows. Uh, well, I'll tell you something I'm thinking about. Right. I ain't really got no guarantee for you on what it's going to be. But I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. So in 2020, I turned 40. I'm thinking about like doing a show like an Evening Jones show around the time of my like 40th birthday. It is possible that we might do that. Maybe it would be 2020, though. Right. I couldn't see myself doing these sorts of things too regularly. But uh, maybe for the 40th, that'll be like the equivalent of me throwing myself a birthday party. So, you know, save your money and stuff. You might need to travel, whatever it is. Somebody say you got to get the roots to play the intro. Like, I hope you understand. I don't make any money off this podcast. You may notice that you ain't got no advertisements like I pay to do this. You're not getting the fucking roots. I said, what locations are you thinking of? Um, where I live. <laughs> like, I ain't one of these people that's bringing my birthday party to you. Appreciate the question. See what else we got here. Y'all keep asking me these Game of Thrones questions like I know anything about Game of Thrones. Like anything at all. And that's no disrespect to y'all on this Game of Thrones because I understand that when you watch Game of Thrones, apparently all your other friends watch Game of Thrones. I've been in multiple situations where the Game of Thrones conversation is broken out and I'm the only person who is not there to participate. Like, it's interesting not only that so many people watch this show, but also so many people are keen on discussing it in such a deep way. And by the way, I would also like to make note of the fact that as much as people talked about how much they love The Wire, a whole lot of y'all can't talk about it this well nearly at all because it was a little realer than y'all thought it was. But anyway, 
I've never watched Game of Thrones. Like, I don't know anything. Appreciate the question. Well, no, it wasn't a question. Sorry, didn't appreciate that question. Actually, that was the whole point. Let me see. Let me see. What do you think of Lil Nas X buying a Maserati for Billy Ray Cyrus? Did this really happen? Like, somebody verify this for me? He did that? Oh, young man, that's hustling backwards. You shouldn't even bought a Maserati for yourself. Let alone for this rich ass. Oh, no, no, no. I did see he got that Wrangler deal, though. You see that? Like, whoever got that Wrangler deal for him, I want to know what Wrangler executive they passed that through or what, like, what initiative that Wrangler had. Like, was Wrangler at a point where they were having trouble selling to the youth or whatever? Because I'm telling you, them old Wrangler heads, hey, there's a reason they be getting Drew Brees and Brett Favre doing the Wrangler commercials and ain't none of them calling no Cam Newton. Shit, man, they ain't even trying to call EJ Manuel. They ain't, no, 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 they ain't not doing that. They not doing that at all. So, like, I want to know who it was that did this. And I did see these people talk about they boycotting Wrangler. No, they tweeting on the internet about how they boycott Wrangler. They ain't about to boycott Wrangler. And you know how I know most of them people ain't about to boycott Wrangler? Or how about this? It don't matter if they boycott Wrangler. You know why? Because they already got all the pairs of Wranglers they ever go need in their lives. Like, they got to have them Wranglers for a while before they feel right. Like, it's a wrap on that. They made an investment into that Wrangler life a long time ago. They've been on that. So, like, it's it's too late for that, right? But, yeah, I'm, I am stunned that Wrangler went for this. Like I said, I'd like to know how this fits in with some larger corporate strategy. Because let me tell you this, too. Whoever it was that, that, that put on for that at Wrangler, for his, his or her sake, I hope to God that shit works. Because if it does not, that person is fired. Nobody else is going to remember that they also thought that that was a good idea. No siree, Bob. Like, if you came up with this, the, the, rap, the, the, the Wrangler rapper, and this don't work, oh, it's about to be a problem. I'm also going to tell you this, too. There's going to be certain dudes who are into, shall we say, certain things. And when they see a girl with the Wrangler on their booty, Wranglers, that's going to be like the bat signal to them. Just you watch. Eliza said, how many Wranglers do you own? Like, that's a real question. Somebody said they're gonna start wearing Lee jeans. Nah, Lee isn't the alternative to Wrangler. What was the what was the name of them bootleg Wranglers? Um, rustlers. Rustlers. They still make rustlers. They got the rustlers. And then I don't even know if they made them for dudes, but uh they still making their Rocky Mountain joints. 
Because the girls used to wear the Rocky Mountain. They had a good eye for fashion. It's a good cut. Appreciate the question. Ah, and apparently they do still make rustlers. Like rustler, that was some late. Like, like, like their Wrangler and we're rustler is the McDowell's of jeans. They are the big Mick. Oh, let me see. Somebody said, Bo, have you seen the Don't Block Me Bo shirts? They are Unblock Me Bo shirts. Yes, I have seen them. They are an ESPN thing. Did you see the story of the New York cop that was arrested because the feds caught her trying to pay a hitman to kill her ex-husband? I think I did see that, and... I mean, I could be wrong here, but I feel like as a police officer, you should be able to suss out, like a police officer or at the very least, I feel like, I mean, you shouldn't necessarily have this and I don't know how exactly you go about it, but I feel like you should only be like a couple degrees of separation away from somebody that could help you out with this. But I don't know the way it is that you inquire to someone, whether they know someone who could help you get somebody killed without giving away the fact that you're out here, you know, trying to get somebody killed. Like, I mean, that's a, is that there's a delicate balance at play there? I think we would all agree. So it's a little tricky. Wow, do you see this thing that Drake put up on Instagram, which is a picture of him dapping up Fred Van Vliet and then the Spider Man meme? I don't know what's going on. That's really y'all's dude, huh? Appreciate the question. We've been doing this 45 minutes. I think I got one more for y'all. If there's one more question worth answering, let me see what we got. Oh, here we go. Do you wish you had a Rolex at five years old? Y'all see that where Future gave Lil Future a Rolex for his fifth birthday? And, of course, he put it on the social media. That dude really, like, that dude really believed that uh, there was no way Sierra was ever going to find a man like him. And she did not find a man like him. She found Russell Wilson. And he is, he he's, he's struggling, man. He's struggling with this. And so... I guess in his mind, like he trying to flex having a little bread or whatever, but you ain't got bread like Russell Wilson got. Lil Fuchs seemed to like Russell, Russell a great deal. They seemed to have a very warm, like tight relationship. And you gave this little dude a Rolex. A Rolex. Here's my question about when Fuchs picked up that Rolex. When he went and got the Rolex, did he tell him before he got the Rolex that he was giving that Rolex to a five-year-old or did that come up after? So did he walk in and say, yes, I'm looking for a Rolex for a five-year-old? I don't know. Does Rolex have a line for five-year-olds? I don't recall seeing that when I went and got my Rolex. But yeah, like I don't recall there being like the kitty Rolex section. It wasn't there. 
So did he just say, yo, let me see that watch? And then he looked at that watch, and they rock with it, and they handed it to him, and he's like, nah, man, I'm going to need you to take something in the lights out, dog. And then they take a cup, nah, 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 nah. Take, take out, oh, man, just leave about three, leave about four, leave about four light, four light. They're like, sir, that watch is going to be very tight. Yeah, man, it's for, it's for a little future. So I said, so I say a little future. Go trade that Rolex for an ice cream sandwich in about two weeks. Like, what do you want little future to get robbed? Because let me tell you this. If a grown-up saw Lil Fuge and, like, forcibly removed the watch from his arm, I would think that that was messed up. But if some adult saw Lil Fuge out and talked him out of his Rolex and got Lil Fuge to hand it over and give it to him, I'd have no problem with it. Like, a Lil Fuge went and traded that for an ice cream sandwich. Except I was the one with the ice cream sandwich. I'd be fine with that. Let me tell you why I'd be fine with that. Because Lil Future wouldn't miss it. Lil Future wouldn't care. Lil Future would be thrilled with that ice cream sandwich. He would be as happy with that ice cream sandwich as I would be with that Rolex. And you know what that is? That's an increase in surplus for everyone. Everybody comes out a winner. The only person under that scenario who comes out a loser is Future, and Future doesn't even really come out a loser because Future already put it on the Instagram that he got a little Future the Rolex, and that was the big point anyway, right? Hadn't thought about it like that, had you? Somebody said here, why would Sierra have a little Future around somebody that could do him dirty? Man, if you see a little, if you see a five-year-old with a, with, a, with a Rolex on, everybody need to be focused on one thing. Making that baby take that Rolex off before something happens to it. And if what I got to do to stop something from happening to that Rolex is to get it myself, then that's what it's going to be. Now, the hard part would be getting a little future to help me find where the rest of those links are so that I can get them added back to the watch. Like that part. That part would be hard. But I imagine they got some more links at the store. You know, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to do this thing once a week or so, give or take. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, remember to, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the yeah, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the iTunes store, subscribe to Stitcher Radio, check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store, and we'll talk to you guys in a few days. Take it easy.